0: Good morning. We are uh, going to be saying congratulations to some of our seniors today, um, and forgive me. I'm going to look at my list that I have because I don't want to fail. So um, I'll still figure out a way how to mess this up, but at least less will be messed up. Um, I've got my wife up here with me, Megan Cooper, and we're going to have some of the youth leaders and interns um, leaders come up and want to recognize the interns for all the work that they do so Chris and Amanda Laughlin if y'all come join us and then we've got uh, Daryl and Joelle and Ingram Daryl's here uh, Miss Ingram is at home with a uh, hurt knee so um, y'all can keep her in your prayers and then we've got Savannah Laughlin that helps out with the um, youth group and then we've got Lane Kuykendall as well those are our current interns <clears throat> And uh, we're going to do things a little differently this year. Um, as the seniors come up, we actually want to invite the parents to come up with them. Um, so heads up, hope y'all dress nice and whatnot. So um, anyways, we, we just thought it would be really cool, really neat to have the parents um, get involved with it this year. So anyways, we'll, we'll start, start with that. Um, so Harley, Hughley, if you'll come up. All right, and so this year, too, we thought we would give them um, some spiritual food with the Bible, and then we're going to provide them their first college meal um, as well. So, and Harley is, uh, he's graduating from Shades Valley, and he plans to attend UAB in the fall to pursue a degree in business. All right, next we have Sydney Landers. And y'all, she has a really cool nickname. Um, we call her The Diesel. Um, if you have any questions, one of those stories we will be glad to tell you that after, after the service. Um, but y'all can call her The Diesel. Uh, she is graduating from Crossroads Christian School and, pursues, and uh, is wanting to pursue full-time employment um, in the financial institution or customer-related field. And uh, she's also going to be coaching the JV volleyball team as well. So looking forward to pouring back into young people's lives. All right, we've got Reagan Nichols. And Reagan is also graduating from Crossroads Christian, and she plans to attend Samford University, and she has scholarships in the fall as well, so that's, that's pretty impressive uh, to get scholarships there. Um, she has not declared a major yet, um, but I will tell you this, she absolutely adores kids, so, not that I'll push you anywhere, but maybe something with kids that would be cool. She loves, she loves our kids at least. I'm glad somebody does. So, <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Next, we have Rebecca Stovall. She's graduating from Hewitt Trustful High School. Go Huskies! I'm a proud alum. Um, and she plans to enroll at Jeff State or UAB and uh, plans to attend the dental assistant program. So uh, go get your teeth cleaned. All right, last but not least, we have Mary-Kate Rouse. Um, Her and her family are actually on vacation today, so they won't be with us, but we still want to absolutely recognize her. Uh, She's graduating. Go ahead. She's graduating from Crossroads Christian School as well and is currently working at Carroll Pharmacy and plans to pursue a career in the pharmaceutical industry. So, again, let's give it up for him one more time. As I was um, thinking about seniors, one of the things that I know that I have... um, seen over the years, and I know the leadership with me has seen over the years, is uh, there tends to be a nice um, unfortunate drop-off in youth translating to being attendees in church going forward. And so I actually did, uh, did some research on this, and Lifeway Research conducted a survey in 2017, and they really were polling people uh, who would have said they stopped going to church in between 18 and 22 and 66% of those people said that they stopped going more than twice a month. So you're talking half the time um, is the max that they would have attended church. And that's between 18 and 22, which if you're older than that, you know that that's a pretty pivotal time of your life. And um, one of the main reasons for this, from the people who, were not, who, who said that they were not doing that, um, one of the main reasons was because they did not feel connected to the church. Um, And so I really want to encourage us here and kind of give us a challenge. If you're in this building right now, if you're watching online, we all can pray for these students. They're going to need some serious prayer. And it just so happened to work out that the last week we were, we've been going through the book of Colossians this year in youth group. And the last week we really hit on Paul talking about Epaphras. And now he fervently prayed. And that term for fervently praying is it's a laborsome prayer. It's something that Epaphras took very serious. He was, he was very much working in his prayer life for the church at Colossae. And so my hope is that we would fervently pray for these students. They need it, and they're going to continue to need it. And not only that, that we would come alongside of them and make sure that they know that we're praying for them. So I challenge you that as they go off to college, as they stay here, Y'all would write letters. You would send ramen noodles. Y'all would check in on their spiritual walk, ask them how they're doing. That, I think that's one way that we can try and close that gap. Get these kids engaged in the church and continuing to grow in their spiritual walk. But we have a part to play in that. All right, Dr. Hugh, would you close us out in prayer?
1: We're grateful, Father, for the milestone represented here this morning we're grateful that you have assisted these young people in all of their studies along the way as you have been faithful to them in the past we know with confidence you will be faithful to them in the future and as we have been encouraged we pray dear father that we will be faithful in prayer for these and by the grace of God, provide good examples for them. Bless our church and our youth leaders in particular as they minister to these young people and as our church family seeks to minister to them and pray for them and provide good examples for them. Again, we thank you for this accomplishment on the part of these gathered here this morning. God bless them as Jesus tarries in his coming. We pray this humbly in the name of our Savior with thanksgiving. Amen.
2: If y'all will, just please stand with us as we worship the Lord this morning. Come, thou fountain. E
3: appreciate the uh, youth leading us today. Amen? Amen. They did a great job and I noticed we had one that was a little older up there as well. (laughs) Also noticed that just one simple observation when the graduates were being called up with their parents And such, I thought, well, you know, there's something that's distinct. Um, These students have graduated in the 21st century. And the ones that you saw on stage, the parents, graduated in the 20th century, and some even before that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, the. Lesson today is directed specifically um, at the graduates, but the um, lesson I think is so appropriate for all of us. So if you were looking forward to a nap, I would discourage it. Um, And so if I refer to the seniors, which I probably will do from time to time, um, you just consider yourself to be a part of that. Because what I'm going to speak about today, I think is so very important, and I don't know that, quite honestly, <clears throat> the students are going to appreciate it right now, if that makes sense. <clears throat> you know, when, when graduations happen, um, you have valedictorians and solidatorians, and they give speeches. I mean, you might be able to recall a speech that somebody gives at a graduation, but uh, probably not too often. And so we were, you remember those days, forced to listen to at least two speakers and then one who was going to give you kind of a life speech and that you're moving on, you know, in your life and graduating to the next season of your life. And, And I honestly don't remember who spoke at my graduation in high school at all. I just remember there were 450 students that walked through a line and received diplomas and happened to be getting one because they wanted to get rid of me. Um, But I think it's important that um, as a believer in Christ today, um, all of us receive this instruction. All of us have a part to play. Not only in hearing, but as Corey mentioned earlier, know walking beside these students because they're going to face things in their lives that aren't even on their radar right now they have no idea that's coming and we all know the statistics tell us that between 18 and 24 students make some of the biggest decisions for their life and it kind of directs them on a course and, and and they're probably sitting there right now thinking I already know what that course is and But you might not. I mean, there might be some twists and some turns that you're not expecting, right? Older adults, that's just the reality of life. And so um, I hope that, students, you hear this um, with the love and concern that I have for you. Because I can tell you right now that you might think in your mind you can do life by yourself, but you can't. You need help. And all of us who are older would testify to the fact that there is only one, only one, who is there to help all the time. And his help is not a guarantee of release from what's going on if it's negative in your life. So you might be going through a time and a course in your life where things aren't real great, and you weren't anticipating that. And and you're like, well, who's going to help me? And you're like, well, my parents, that relationship's not the same. And, 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 and I, who do I go to? You know, for money, maybe you still go back to your parents. For a place to live, maybe you still go back to your parents. But there are some things in your life, students, that are going to come up that you're going to say, my parents can't help me. My pastor can't help me. My friends can't help me. What do I do? Now, that might be a foreign thought to you right now. And I understand that. But the reality of it is this. Because life has twists and turns in it, you will come to a point in your life where you're going to need the help of the Lord. There's going to be nobody else that can understand like he understands. This is the reality of it. I mean, just in my own life, I I give testimony to the fact that a lot of my time as a student um, in high school, if I needed help, you know, I went to dad, or I went to mom, or I might have gone to a teacher, I might have gone to a coach, you remember those days, right? And you're like, hey, this person can help me. Maybe even I went to a peer that I thought might be able to help me through something. But then as the clock kept ticking, I'm like, hey, there's some things in life that I just don't know. I don't know what to do. I remember the first time I called my dad um, when I was at Southeastern and asked him to give me the answer to something. You know what I expected? The answer. You know what I got? Son, you need to make that decision. (laughs) I was like, what? But I look back on that and I'm like, I'm so grateful. Because what he was really doing, and I didn't know it at the time, was he was saying, hey, Thad, there's one that can help you, and that's the Lord. And you need to look to him. So, I want to propose a question. It's already up there for you. I did not know it was up there. Young people, will you ask for help? Will you ask for help? In your life, you will. You already have. In fact, this is how it went. When you were born, you received help without asking at times. And your parents were there for that. And then as you got older, you might have seen a point in time where you asked for help from a peer. Or asked for help from even another uh, person who was part of another family, and be it another adult. You might have come to a point where you walked into a pastor's office and asked for help or walked into a youth leader's office and asked for help. But now you're graduating, and life is going to throw you some curveballs in the next few years. And there's going to be some times where you're going to have nowhere else to go but the Lord. And you're going to say, well, no, i got my family. And you do. I hope you do. But the reality of it is that mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, they don't know everything... And mom and dad and grandma and grandpa don't change people's hearts. They don't do that. The Lord does that. I found a quote by Billy Graham who was, I think, the greatest evangelist in the 20th century. He said, the Christian life is not a constant high. (laughs) Adults? (laughs) I have my moments, he says, of deep discouragement. I have to go to God in prayer with tears in my eyes. That ever happened to you? Sure. And say, Oh, God, forgive me or just help me. Been there? So, young people, you just look at the adults and think we have all the answers. We don't. We don't. It's not even close. There is but one who does. And his answers are not always going to be what you necessarily want. They're not always going to be yes. (laughs) They're not always going to be no. And sometimes it's just going to be wait. And I don't know about any other adult in here, but the waiting one's hard. Because you're like, hey, (laughs) Lord, didn't I do this right? I did come to you. But the waiting's hard. Being patient recognizing, and this is very important, young people, recognizing that he's got the big map. He's got the big picture. Let me back up. In the book of Hebrews, um, and I'll just say this right from the get-go, this is just like a touching the subject. So, you know, I mean, unless you want to stay till 3 o'clock, Um, There's a lot to say about this particular subject of help. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, listen to what the author says as he closes out the book of Hebrews. He says, make sure that your character is free from the love of money. Young people, listen to me, that will be, that's just a side note, that will be a big temptation in your life. Being content with whatever you have, for he himself has said, I will never desert you Nor will I ever forsake you. He said that to Israel. I will never desert you. I will never forsake you. And we listen, and as believers in Christ, we have that same problem. I mean, that same promise. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us. We believe that, don't we? Now it looks like it at times that he left us. (laughs) Right? But he hasn't. I was gonna say this later, but I'll say it now. He'll never leave you and never desert you as a believer. Because if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the helper in you. Do you hear that, young people? That's, that's something that for me, and just being honest, as I think about and look back on my life, I don't know that I came to understand that early on. That that, you know, Jesus lives in my heart. That was kind of the message of the day. But then as I got older and I, I went to school and I started learning about the Holy Spirit and the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, I was like, the Holy Spirit of God lives in me and he's my helper. So when I run into that brick wall, he's my helper. He's the one that helps me. The author of Hebrews goes on to say, I will never desert you nor will I ever forsake you so that we may confidently say. Confidently. Nice to be confident about something. The Lord is my helper. That's one of his names. In the Old Testament, the Lord is my helper. And for Israel, that was so imperative. And for us, that's imperative. The Lord is my helper. So as a young person who's graduated, I think, and, and you might disagree with me, but, but I think that you need to cement in your minds that from today on, the Lord is your helper. He's your primary helper. Can I say it like that? He's your primary helper. He needs to be that. You see, all the people around you, students, that are older and they have gray hair, some color their hair. They have gray hair and they have no hair and, and they color their hair. And you're like, what's, what's under there? And, and listen, they've been through life. And some of them a lot of life. Right? And they've learned this. Hopefully, as they've grown, he's my helper. He's the one that I can totally depend on. Right? And that's what the author of Hebrews is saying here. He says, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? <laughs> Come on. I mean, listen. It may not be, as you're walking through life, it may not be this easy road. In fact, I would guarantee you that there's going to be some pretty big bumps in the road. But in the bumps in the road, in the heavy times in life, guess who's walking with you in that? Your helper. Your helper. Who's going to get you through those seasons of life when you get that phone call one day? Because it's going to happen to you as a student. The percentages are there. You're going to get a phone call one day as you grow up about your mom or your dad being very ill. How are you going to handle that? Like, I don't want to talk about that. It's, It's life. You're going to go to the doctor's office and expect a clean bill of health. And he's going to say, hey, look, you've got this issue. Yeah, well, yeah, but you're the doctor. You're going to help me. He may not be able to. You say, well, what am I going to do? You go to the helper and say, Lord, help me through this disease. Help me to bring you honor and glory through this disease. You see, when you're young, this is one of the privileges you have. You don't even know. You get to stand back and watch all that happen. And sometimes you're not even aware of what's going on, right? Because you're living in your own world. But there's a lot of things that go on. I'll just encourage you to think through that. That today you would say, you know what? The Lord, he's going to be my helper. He's going to be the one to help me through this life. In fact, the Bible tells us on several occasions that the Lord is our helper. Psalm chapter 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present what? Help in <laughs> Help in what? Young people, help in what? Trouble. Oh, there is no trouble. No trouble. What are you talking about? Life's been great. It's been grand. Oh, maybe a few minor bumps and bruises, right? But it's been grand. It's been great. There are big bumps in the road they're coming. The psalmist says that God is a very present help in trouble. David wrote in Psalms, uh 63, verses 6 and 7. He says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Notice these, this next phrase, for you have been my help. Notice that, have been and continues to be. You have been my help. You continue to be my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. Who is David's help? The Lord. You know, it's a simplistic subject, but I guarantee you when rubber meets the road, there have been many times I can testify in my life where I've needed to go to the helper more than I have. Anybody else? Because here's the mentality of most people. I mean, think about it. Life in the United States is pretty good. Help. We need help. We have the cars we want to drive. We have the homes we want to live in. We have the food we want to eat. I don't need any help. I have the school I'm going to attend. I got the money to go there because mom and dad are going to pay for it. (laughs) I saw one of the students go like that. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) I have everything I need. I don't need a helper. And you know what? Young people, I want to tell you something. I didn't think I did either. I remember those days. I'm doing just fine. I don't need a helper. I got this. And then something happened in my life when I was about 25 years, 26 years old. Ooh, I was like, wow hold on a second life just took a turn I wasn't expecting and on and on and on example after example the world out there who just rejects the Lord you know what they're rejecting help in one of those songs you notice every day I need you to be my what Savior a Savior is one who rescues. We need a rescue every day, don't we, from ourselves. <laughs> psalm 121. This is a psalm of, of ascent. I want to read to you about that because I thought, well, these guys need to appreciate this like I do. So, I did a little research on Psalms or Songs of Ascent. Uh, young people, listen to me. The Songs of Ascent in the book of Psalms are Psalms 120 through 134. They're also called Pilgrim Songs. Four of these songs are attributed to King David. Psalm 122, 124, 131. One thirty-three and 1 to Solomon, which is one twenty-seven, while the remaining 10 are anonymous, which is the one we're going to just read from in just a minute. Now listen to the background of this. The city of Jerusalem, I don't know how many of you know this, but it's situated on a high hill. I've been over there. It's, it's the high in elevation. In fact, it's 3,000 uh, feet in elevation higher than when you're in the ruins of Jericho. So, when it says in the New Testament he went up from Jericho to Jerusalem, that's exactly what it means. Okay? So, he writes this in this article Jews traveling to Jerusalem for one of the three main annual Jewish festivals traditionally sang these songs on the ascent or the uphill road to the city. According to some traditions, the Jewish priest also sang some of these songs. Of ascent as they walked up the steps to the temple in Jerusalem. So that's just a little bit of background of, of, of what took place around these Psalms as they were written, as we have them recorded. He goes on to write this that the theme of each song of ascent offers much encouragement for those who seek to worship the Lord. And so when you come to Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, the psalmist says, "I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Everybody knows this, these two verses, right? From where my help, from where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord. Now, if you stopped it right there, I think you would be doing an injustice to the verse. Look what it says: My help comes from the Lord, the self-existent One. Look at this." who made the heavens and the earth. And if he made the heavens and the earth, and he's got all that going on like it needs to be going on, and he created man from dust and formed a woman from a rib, I think he's got it. You think he's got it? I think he's got it. So that's who we cry out to, the one who created all things. It's not like we're crying out to some second-hand God or a piece of wood or a piece of stone. Do you see what the psalmist is saying? I mean, can you see him walking up to Jerusalem? Hey, my help comes from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. That's good stuff. That's who we cry out to for help. Well... Go back with me just a few chapters. I want to show you this. Psalm 115. I want to show you something here because he uses, the psalmist does, uses um, the word help a few times. Verse 9 tells us that he gives instruction here. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield, which the Lord was for Israel. You know who your help and shield is in this life? You say, well, my parents. No. They are and they aren't. They provide shelter and they shield you and they protect you. But listen to me. They cannot protect you from everything. They're not all-knowing. Okay? They're not omnipresent. They're not omniscient. Now, don't go home and tell your parents they're not all those things. But they're not. There's only one who is. And this is the one that he speaks of in contrasting the God who is omniscient, who is omnipresent, who is sovereign. He contrasts God with idols. Listen to what the psalmist says Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. Because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. To your name give glory. You know, we sing to God be the glory. It is. It's to God be the glory. Great things what he has done. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Young people, listen to me. Live with the theme to God be the glory. To God be the glory. If you grew up in a Christian home, to God be the glory. If you're saved, young person, to God be the glory. Verse 2 Why should the nation say, Where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. I love this next line. I don't know. I mean, I find humor sometimes in the Bible, and this is one of those. He does whatever he pleases. How about that? Yeah, I think some people have the mentality that he needs to do what I please. The things that I want. Well, hey, look, we serve a good, good God. I mean, we could list, couldn't we, today, just on a sheet of paper, in our lives, about how good our God is and how faithful he's been? We could. But the Bible says he does what he pleases. He's working out His will, young person, listen to me. He's working out his will in your life. And that's why, see, you've got this straight course in mind. You know, you're going straight down this road. There's no turns. There's no twists. There's no obstacles. But this is what's going on, really. You're going along the road, and it's like this. And it's like this. And you're like, hey, but I was going on that straight road. What happened? Life. Life happened. Notice what he says in contrasting God with these idols. their idols are silver silver and gold, the work of who man's hand. I hope this sounds right that's just foolishness to create a god of silver or god of stone that's. For us, as we look at that, as we get older in the Lord and come to appreciate that he is the God of all creation, we say, that's just foolishness. But the fool has said in his heart, there is what? No God. Aren't you glad we don't worship some stone? Right? Some piece of gold or or some metal? But we worship the King of kings and Lord of lords who is alive. And people look at us as foolish. Young person, listen to me today. And I'm specifically talking to these graduates. I hope you know the Lord. I hope you do. I hope without a doubt you belong to Jesus Christ. Because those that reject Jesus Christ will meet Jesus Christ. And they will bow the knee and confess that he is Lord. So I hope you do that because you love him, because he is your Lord. I was just thinking about this last week. I was in my quiet time just thinking about how blessed I am to know him. Young person, I pray that you come to know him if you don't that you will know that he loved you so much he went to a cross and and he shed his blood and he died for you, for your sins. You know what? He wants fellowship with you for eternity. Isn't that amazing? Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. (laughs) Uh, Our God speaks. He has spoken. You know, one of the things, young people, you're going to run into is you're like, you're going to run into because it's the day and age we live in. I want to hear more from God. Always, I mean, I've I've heard that statement. I want to hear more and more from God. There's got to be something new and fresh from God. What is it? You know what it is? The book. He's already spoken. We're not looking for new and fresh revelation. In his love, we have the complete revelation. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. Listen to me, young people. Do you know why Israel cried out? Because God hears. You say, yeah, but if he hears and he doesn't answer like I want, does it, I mean, what's going on? You know what? You may never know. You may not know. But he's working out his will in your life. Because we live in a, in, in, a, in a culture of answers. I want the answer when? Now. Yesterday, actually. I wanted it before it even came out of my mouth. I want answers. And you'll have, in the Psalms, you have times where the psalmist says, Answer me, O Lord. They have eyes, but they cannot see. Our God sees everything. In fact, the author of Hebrews, young people, you know what it says? That we are open and laid bare before God. I remember the first time I came to understand I was like, oh my goodness. The Bible says there is no creature hidden from his sight. We look at Adam and we think, what what were he and Eve doing? (laughs) Playing the first game of hide and go seek. We're going to hide. Who's going to find us? Where can you run from the presence of the Lord? can't. He sees everything. He hears all things. He knows our hearts. He knows the words that we're going to speak before we even say anything. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. Those who make them will become like them everyone who trusts in them and you know there are many many people who trust in idols many many around our world trust in idols we live right you're like oh that was back in that no 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 in our day in our time in the united states of america people are trusting in idols and you know who the number one idol is self i'm good right that's the message of Many, many people throughout our land and around the world, I'm good. If there is this God, I'm good. No, no, no. No, see, the scriptures reveal that there is one way to God, and that is through Christ. Jesus himself said it, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. No man but by me. So it's through Christ. That's a sad statement. Those who make them will become like them. Everyone who trusts in them. And he says, oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. (laughs) You trust in the Lord, Israel. Trust in the Lord. How many times did Israel have to hear that? Once? Twice? Hundreds of times, it seems. It's for us, too. (laughs) We're no better. How many times have we, right, parents and grandparents... Have Have we even told ourselves as we're driving down the road, I need to trust in the Lord. Man, Lord, I need to trust in you. Any of you ever done that where you say, Man, Lord, I need to trust in you. And I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about everyday life. I can't even count the number of times I've had that happen in my life. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. Look at this. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. (laughs) He's the help we need, guys. Young people, he's the help you need. I'm almost done. I don't want to... These poor students... I'm probably over their window of listening. 20 to 30 minutes. Be gracious to me. Just real quick, some definition and some other scripture... Definition of help, it means this in the Greek, to cry out as a result of inner turmoil or trouble. Young person, have you had inner turmoil or trouble this past year? Yeah, look at it, they're they're nodding their heads. Thanks for still being awake. They've had inner turmoil and trouble this last year. They have, things have been different. You realize there are many students that haven't even gone to a school building in the United States. And you know what these young people have been missing this last year? Fellowship with each other. That's just the truth. They're friends. They're hurting inside. I bet when you go back to 2019, young person, you weren't planning on your senior year being like this, were you? That's one of those curves in the road. Who's the one that's been there to help you the whole time? Oh, mom, oh, dad. Yeah, they may have. Give them some credit. Sister, brother, yeah, maybe so. But you know who the one is that never takes a break? The Lord. He never takes a break. So when you wake up, student, in the middle of the night, and you're troubled in your inner being, you know who's there for you? Your helper if you belong to the Lord. And if you don't, I'm praying this. If, if there's some of you that don't, that you'll fall down and realize that the helper has given you the greatest gift of all he gave himself. Right? Because we know... That Christ refers to himself as the helper in the book of John. When he tells his disciples, I'm going to provide another helper, but it's another of the same kind. He's been with you, but he's going to be in you. Isn't it nice to know that the God of all creation, Jesus Christ, the one who created the heavens and earth, lives in us? I confess, Lord, I haven't cried out to you enough for help. It's what the definition means it means to call out to someone for assistance now this is young people I want to tell you something this is how it works for you this is how that growth piece happens okay because i don't want you to walk out discouraged going man i can't do this all day you can't do it at all it's only going to come about as you submit to the spirit of god but this is what happened to your parents if they know the lord or your grandparents okay it's a process to come to the point where they recognized that the one that can give them the greatest assistance of all was the Lord. They just didn't wake up and go, yep, it's a process. And you know what? Your parents and your grandparents are still learning, shake your head, still learning to trust. You say, oh, I thought they had it all together. Well, surely you as the pastor of the church, will you always trust the Lord? No, I don't. So that's terrible to say. Hey, it happens, right? You say, well, how do you know when it happens? I'll tell you how it happens, practically. When I say, hey, Lord, I got this, I'm not trusting him. Any of you ever done that? Or am I the only guilty party in the building? Where we said, Lord, I got this one. I don't need your assistance. But see, the definition of help means assistance, right? I need the assistance of the Lord to live to his glory. And that doesn't mean that I have not grown in my Christian life. And there's far more times in my life as a Christian where I say, now, Lord, help me, than I did when I was your age. But it's a process. So I don't want you to walk out discouraged thinking, man, I've got to have this down pat tomorrow. No. I could probably call up several, raise your hand, older people, who could walk up here and say, hey, look, I had this failure in my life a year ago. And then they're, they're in their 60s and they've been saved for 40 years. Because we face the issue of saying, Lord, I got this, and not trust him. So that's the definition. Just a couple of examples for you, and you can look these up. When you get home, there was a man who lived among the tombs. (laughs) Okay, in, in Mark's gospel. This is pretty interesting, young people. So it says, constantly night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with stones And seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. Isn't that interesting? And shouting. That's the word. Same word. With a loud voice, he said, what business do we have with each other? Jesus, son of the most high God. They recognize who he is. (laughs) They know who he is. Notice this. It says, I implore you by God, do not torment me. They know. They know. To me, that's got to be one of their greatest motivations, Right? If I'm just looking at it, man, the demons know. They know. And they shudder because they know. Then in Luke 18, this is uh, Jesus on his way to Jericho. It says a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Now hearing a crowd going by, he began to inquire what this was. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he called out, same word. He's asking for help. Saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Young person, have you ever asked the Lord for help? You ever done that? Yet. Got a good news for you. I said this. I thought I'd wait till here to get to it, but here's the great news the helper lives in the believer. He lives in you. I think we grow up in that language, don't we? We grow in that language because I think, I think, I think in the past it's kind of been one of those things that, you know, like I said earlier, you know, Jesus lives in your heart. But, you know, the helper who is the Lord, he lives in us. So it's not like we're running to a grocery store and picking up something off the shelf for help. That's not how the Lord is. We're not going, picking him off the shelf. He lives in us. And he's always available. So if you're in the morning, young person, listen to me. This is great news for you. If you're in the morning time and it's really early and you don't want to wake up mom and dad and you're ha- like having this struggle in your mind with something, you're like, I need help. Guess what? If you belong to the Lord, he's there to help you. And you know what the Bible tells us about our helper? He's going to lead you into all the truth. So don't believe in lies. That's why I'm saying to you, young people, if you don't know the Lord, you're missing out on the greatest helper that you could ever have. See, the world says, if I need help, well, I'm going to go to drugs, I'm going to go to alcohol, I'm going to go to this, and I'm going to go to that. And you know what that is? Short-term help. (laughs) It looks really good, right? It's like, wow, yeah, that's going to help me. But you wake up the next day with the same issues. And you know, that's how addiction happens, young people. This happens because they don't want that feeling, right? They don't want to feel bad, so i got to get rid of that feeling. The good part about the Lord as your helper is that he's going to turn your attention to the truth and to the lives of people who needed the help of the Lord. You remember when David's standing out on that field and there's Goliath? Who was his helper? The Lord. Right? I mean, story after story in the scripture. Here it is. This is the promise, young people. And the fulfillment of the promise is in Acts chapter 2. Notice what, what it says. I will ask the helper. This is Jesus talking. I will ask the helper, and he will give you another helper. Now, this is not another of a different kind. Okay, there's two different words in the Greek. One's another of a different kind, and then one's another of the same kind. So this is another of the same kind, not a different kind. So it's not some other God, okay? I will ask the Father, He will give you another Helper, that He may be with you forever. That He may be with you what? Forever. Forever. How do you define forever? I mean, I think you're one of those disciples, right? And you've given your, your years, these last three years to the Lord, and He's saying, Hey, I'm leaving you, and where I'm going, you can't come now, but you'll come later. And you're like, Hey, time out. Let's take a time out. And then, and then they're so troubled... Right? And he gives them this beautiful picture of, hey, I'm not ever going to leave you. In fact, he tells them, he says, that he may be with you forever. That is, look how he words it. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you. What's he saying? I'm him. And will be in you. <laughs> and that was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Imagine that, that, that the God of all creation, the Lord who helped Israel, the Lord who helped the disciples, is the same Lord who helps us. <laughs> I mean, does it get better than that? doesn't get better than that. And notice what it says. But you know him because he abides with you and will be what? In you. In you. The spirit of the living God resides in every single believer. And he is the stamp of authenticity. And you know what? You can't remove the stamp. When you belong to him, guess what, young people? You belong to him. You say, yeah, but Pastor Thad, you don't know all the bad things I've done. Well, you don't know the bad things I've done. You don't know, do you? I don't know your life. You don't know all of my life. But the Lord forgives, right? And when I came to trust Christ as my Savior, the slate was wiped clean. And I was dressed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's not my righteousness, it's His. And so when the Father sees, the son, sees that, He sees His Son's righteousness clothed over me. Isn't that awesome? Man. He abides with you. He will be in you. Young person, listen to me. He's in you. If you belong to him, he's your helper. I was grappling with like, you know, how to close. And I've got a couple of things I wanted to, to leave with you young people, all right? The first is a quote by Spurgeon. He's one of my favorites. Like, you need a couple of Tylenol before you read Spurgeon, but... It's good. He's really deep, really good. I encourage you to, as much as you can get from him. But he says, in all times of life, the wisest course is to come to the Lord, our helper. I love the way he words that. Not like when crisis comes, right? But in all times of life. I mean, what's he, what's he saying? Every day, all the time. One of my favorite times in the life of Christ is right after the feeding of the 5,000 it's a long day of ministry and the Lord has fed probably more like 15 to 20 thousand people because you had the word man there is the word andros and so it's just literally men so it's 5,000 men plus women plus children there's a lot of people and you know what the Lord does after that do you know what his step is how many of you know He goes off to pray. That's another lesson in itself. Great lesson. So he goes and he's praying with the Father and he sends out the disciples and they're going to cross the sea. And it's nice and calm. Right? Wrong. They're struggling. The winds are coming up. They're being tormented, it says, by the winds. And they're out there on the sea for several hours being tormented by the wind and the waves. And they're cold and they're tired. And all that stuff's going on with them physically. And then here comes Jesus walking on the water approximately between three and six in the morning. And he's walking on the water. And what did the disciples say? It's a ghost! right i mean they're they're tired they're delirious they're like oh my goodness and who what is going on and what does jesus say what does he say he says what take courage it is i and you know what he means there right that little that little verb there i am i am he's saying i am I am the one that just fed the 5,000. All those different I am statements that you have in the Gospel of John. In other words, he's saying, hey, the Creator's here. He's here. And then he says what? Don't be afraid. And then there's an invitation given. Did you know that? And the storm's still going on. Now, don't forget that. The storm's still going on, and he Calls out to Peter and he says, what? Peter says, is it you, Lord? He says, yes. He says, what? Come. So he walks out on the sea. He gets out of the boat. You know, Peter's criticized a lot in this particular setting, but he got out of the boat. He gets out of the boat. And the Bible says as he's walking on the sea... He becomes aware of what's going on, right? He sees the wind. Well, he didn't see the wind, he saw the results of the wind. Everything that's going on, right? And what happens? He begins to do what? He begins to sink. And then what happens? One of the shortest prayers you'll ever say Lord, save me. Lord, save me. What's he saying? Help. Help. He's the only one that could do that, and he did it. Young people, listen to me. You're going to come up at a time in your life, maybe you already have, or maybe it's just right around the corner, and you're going to need help beyond what your parents or grandparents or brothers or sisters can do, who are you going to turn to? Let's pray together. Lord, um, as we think about that great statement that you made on the sea, as you're walking toward your disciples you identify yourself as I am Lord you pronounce to your disciples on that sea I am God I'm the creator I'm the sustainer there were so many things going on in that moment. And Lord, as Peter got out of that boat and he began to walk on the water, wow, I mean, how must that have been? And just for those few moments, however long that lasted, um, he was walking on water. And then, as he began to sink, Lord, um, he just cries out and says, Lord, save me. Lord, he cried out to you because he believed you could do it. And Lord, what's amazing is that, you know, and I think scholars have struggled with this for years. It's like, well, Peter didn't display faith. The Word tells us, as you speak back to him, Oh, of little faith, O ye of little faith. And Lord, I think that we can identify with that because as we walk through life, things are going great, and we're looking at you, and we're on that water walking towards you, and something comes up in our lives that we're not expecting, and we turn away. We begin to trust in something else. We doubt. And we have to say, Lord, help us. Lord, save me. Help me to be reminded that you are the one and only God. And that there is no one who can help like you. I want to thank you, Lord, for these seniors, for their lives. God, I just pray that as they walk each day with you, that, Lord, you would... um, just impress upon their hearts that that indeed you can be trusted that you are their helper I pray that Lord if there's any of the seniors that don't belong to you that they would come to understand that that you love them so much and you love them so much you died for them on the cross to pay the penalty for their sin God I pray they would come to understand that and trust in what you did on the cross and dying for their sins Lord I just want to lift up the youth leaders as they continue to work with these young people, God, that you would go before them and that, Lord, they would um, live lives that these young people could look to and, and Lord, just even be inquisitive about their own walk and and how they got through certain points in their life and to be able to have leaders who, Lord, are dedicated to you is such a privilege to be able to, to say and I pray that as they have opportunities to share with these young people about their lives, Lord, that, that you would encourage them, you would encourage the young people, and you would encourage the leaders. And as Corey mentioned earlier uh, today, God, I pray that we would walk beside these young people and that we would be very interested in their lives and that they would know, Lord, that we have love for them and we want to see them walk a worthy of the call, if they belong to you. And God, I pray that um, as we uh, close our service, Lord, that uh, you would just help all of us to be mindful that we need your assistance. <laughs> we need you driving the vehicle in our lives. We need you steering the car, Lord. And uh, we we need you guiding us and leading us. and. I pray that our testimony in our life would be to these young people that, hey, look, we belong to the Lord, but there have been times in our lives where we've lacked that trust we've needed, but we've always come back to the point where we know the faithfulness of our Lord and our God. So we just commit um, the rest of this time to you this morning and ask for your spirit, um, Lord, to impress upon us the things that we need to change in our lives in order to bring glory to you. And it's in the name of Christ, I pray these things. Amen.
2: If Y'all stand as we close out today. Holy One, Christ your Son, who drank the bitter cup reserved for me.
4: get the fact the longer that run is up. <laughs> Um no I tell you uh, I just want to thank you young people for doing what you did this morning lead us in worship and you think about that last song Jesus thank you um while they were singing it and I was I was changing the slides the mystery of the cross I cannot comprehend you know the mystery is not like it's a puzzle or it's something we're a riddle we're putting together, but you know, some things that God knows that we don't know. And how he does it, I don't know, but all I know he does it, and I thank him. He says, he talks about, but we do know about the agonies of the cross. We do know that the perfect holy One, God crushed his own son, who drank the bitter cup, reserved. For me, wow! What a wonderful, awesome God that we serve, and for that we can just say, Jesus, thank you. Wake up every morning and say, Jesus, thank you. No matter what the circumstances are, Jesus, thank you for what you've done. That's the reason why we come together and we worship, y'all. You know? you know, it's so important that we do, and we're coming together. and And after all we've been through the year and a half and everything, we're finally kind of coming together and we're getting things together. Sunday school next week and you'll know, hear m- more about that and we're just having that opportunity but one thing I did want to uh, to announce is that uh, the choir is going to finally get back together this afternoon and so w- the choir won- we want to use the choir to help you guys worship and hopefully God's going to be satisfied with all that and uh, but one one thing I wanted to ask you is we need some help in the choir we're not sure exactly how many people are going to be able to come back but we need some help. We need help in all, all the sections. So if you've ever sung in a choir before and you'd like to do that or if you'd just like to come join and, and help us out, we just would really appreciate uh, you coming. So we're going to practice this afternoon at 5 o'clock. Come to, we're going to come together this afternoon at 5 o'clock. And many of us have been really wanting this for a long time. So anyway, uh, so just keep that in mind. 5 o'clock this afternoon, a choir practice. So Andrea, you
5: y'all know there's a new restaurant in space the food's great but there's no atmosphere (laughs) you dads are free to use that joke free of charge I won't charge you for it I'm here to talk about food trucks next week I do recommend them Uh, we have two food trucks coming after the service next week for our picnic on the grounds Uh, one is the senior taco they came here a couple years ago Um, and then the other is satay and roll it's like a Chicken skewers with rice, and it's more of an Asian flair. And then they do have sushi if you like sushi. They've got all different types. So, um, if you've never done a food truck, they're different. They're not fast food, and they're not sit-down restaurant. But you will wait for your food to cook to serve. So, uh, if you get peckish, you might want to bring some crackers while you wait. Um, depending on how many people we have, but you are free to go get your food and bring it back and join us for the picnic. But I hope you. We'll try one of the food trucks because they're really good. Thanks.
3: All right. Thank you, Andrea, and uh, thank you, Ron. Um, I did want to mention next week we'll begin our Sunday school hour. Uh, We'll be back together for our educational hour at 9 o'clock. So if you've been sleeping till 9 o'clock, you'll probably have to get up a little earlier to be here for that. Um, 9 o'clock will be our education hour, and then 10.30 will be our service. After the service next week, we will have a fellowship, as Andrea mentioned. And I encourage you to, to be a part of that. You I know, mean, kind of our theme for this year is together. And it's an opportunity for us to be together, to fellowship, um, to enjoy one another, right, as believers in Christ. So I just encourage you to be a part of that uh, for next week. also wanted to make mention of... Um, the uh, building fund, the match for the building fund. A uh, few families have um, are matching up to $50,000. And so, um, you know, one of the things that that I want to make real clear is that, you know, we want to continue to um, support the missionaries God has in front of us and to even increase that. Pray, pray in faith that God will bring us more. And the same in terms of you know, staff, people around here that we need in order to to get ministry done. And I just look at it as an opportunity for us to pay off the building as quick as possible. I told the elders last meeting, I said, I'm praying that it's going to be at the end of 2022. And we're going to be able to say that we've paid for that building. Um, But I want us to have the same mindset about giving to be urgent about that because, you know, ministry happens as, as you build your staff. And I think that's very, very critical for us here at Grace that we do that. And um, so you pray about that, please, as the Lord would lead you to give toward this matching fund. You don't have to designate it on your envelope. All you'll need to do is put building fund on there. I think where it says other, just put building fund, or it might even say building on there. But but nonetheless, it doesn't say that. Okay, thank you, Andy. So um, put on uh, the, the, the um, envelope put for building, and you don't need to say for matching fund, just put for building, and it'll all be going toward that between now and I think it's somewhere deep into October, like the 24th or something like that, so um, we praise the Lord, I think if you look back and you see where we started with the project and three and a half million dollars or whatever, and we're down to, uh, I can't remember what he said, four hundred and something thousand dollars, and, I mean, just how the Lord's done that. What an amazing God we serve. And uh, I'm thankful for you guys and for how the Lord has led you in that. So you be sure just to think about that over the next few months. And um, it'll be exciting to be able to announce to you how much God's brought in in October. So I hope you have a wonderful day. Graduates, because you're still living under your parents' roof, ask them for lunch, for dinner, for a few extra dollars here and there. And realize one day you're going to have to have some help. And it's not going to come from them. And don't come see me either because I don't have any money to give you. All right? Y'all have a blessed day.